What's up, YouTube? It's your boy again, coming back to another video on this channel. I know that we've been not posting a whole lot last month or so because things have gotten busy. But anyways, we're, back, we're coming back uh, with a guest today, Ramona Lazard, who is obviously a P. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ramona, but you're a P. A doctor in physical therapy, uh, is focusing on chronic pain, if I'm not mistaken. So I am a doctor of physical therapy um, and I'm a fitness and chronic pain coach. Okay. So yeah, so doctor of physical therapy, I treat a wide spectrum of uh, different people, a different diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So cool. So I guess we'll start off with the first question that is, how did you get into becoming or wanting to become a P, uh, physical therapist or a PT? Well, first of all, uh, thank you for having me on your podcast today. I really it. <laughs> like we talked about earlier, you know, I am a doctor of physical therapy by uh, Dr. Ramon Lussard, and I'm a fitness and chronic pain coach. So I help senior women over the age, you know, 55 and over to uh, move freely and fearless while managing chronic pain. And okay. so if you want to stay in connection with me, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You can search me uh, Dr. Ramon Lazard, I definitely love to connect with you and meet you. Uh, yeah. Either it's through chat or we can even set up a time to do a virtual assessment. Yeah. Um, so your, your question your... was uh, basically, how did I get into uh, physical therapy? Yep. Uh, that's a great question. So, growing up, um, I love helping people, uh, whether it was you know just administrating a small band aid or a minor cut. Uh, as well as someone that's suffering from injury. And right. then also, you know, I went through medical programs such as the AHEC programs and they exposed me to uh, the medical profession as well as doing um, live surgery. I got to watch live surgery. So, oh, you know, for me, that was, a, you know, it was awesome. That was cool. That, that must've well, been gruesome to watch live surgery, just said. Oh yeah, it was, it was neat. I thought it was very neat and uh, I loved it. I mean, I just love seeing the human body and looking at all those, the spine, the nerve and the heart. And so, and also I uh, talked to a friend that was studying for physical therapy and I worked as a physical therapy tech. And so that just helped me to realize that physical therapy was my career. Okay. And I needed to pursue. Cool. Um, can I go back to finding Ramona on, on Facebook and all that? If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, all the links will be in the description box down below, just to let you guys know. Um, right. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, it kind of seems like you were introduced to into the medical field, then later on into PT at a very young age. Yes. Right. All right, cool. So I guess we can kind of go, and go off of that next point is like, I know, I know we trained together at Kramaga and Sunnyvale here in California. I know we did that for a little bit. And yeah. um, I know you're a, a uh, if I'm not mistaken, you did a lot of sports growing up too. So remember you mentioned that when we were for, when we were training together. So did, how did you get into fitness? And number two, how did you, how did fitness direct you towards PT? And that's a good question. And you, you know, that's help with the answer. And, because uh, you mentioned sports. And so I was involved in sports uh, through my basically elementary through high school years, um, playing different sports and also outside of school through my adolescence and adulthood years. And so 
Uh, I just, I love fitness. I, I love, uh, you know, the benefit that it gives, you know, to go exercise, you know, you get uh, the physical part of it and the mental benefit as well. Uh, it's just overall, you know, just living a healthy lifestyle is just something that I want to do. And that's a goal because I mean, it helps to decrease chronic illness, you know, chronic illness that a lot of people have what I exposed to as a physical therapist, like diabetes mm -hmm. is one and then high blood pressure is right. another one that a lot of people are definitely suffering. So just exercising definitely can help to minimize that. And so mm -hmm. that's why, you know, that's why I'm going to continue to do that. And until, you know, I can't do it anymore. Well, that's definitely, um, you know, something I love. Right. Absolutely. Cool. That sounds, that sounds really interesting how you connected fitness into helping others into everything else. Yeah. And like, um, so you mentioned earlier that you focus in chronic pain. How did you get into the chronic pain side of PT instead of just being a general PT person? Well, uh, a lot of people. So according to the stats, if you want to look at, at a national level, uh, basically, according to the National Institute of Health, more than 100 million people suffer from chronic pain. And then I've, I mean, I'm exposed to it often, you know, throughout my career, I've been practicing 11 years, about 95% of the patients I've treated has some type of um, chronic pain issues that they were dealing with. Uh, whether it be two common ones I see diagnosis is osteoarthritis and then low back pain. And okay. so a lot of people are definitely dealing with that. And sometimes the low back pain is contribute uh, from you know some type of old surgery they might had or spinal stenosis as okay. well as obesity. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting, but I wanna play my um not knowing card right now, but what's spinal stenosis? Uh, that's a great question. Spinal stenosis is basically narrowing of your spine. So if you look at the spine, if you had an anatomy and looking at it, it's, you know, you have the foramens on the side and then it loses whenever you lose this height. So that's the, the part that's in the middle of the vertebral body. And anytime that is shifted, you'll see like the bone density decrease. And so that is just basically what it is, is just the narrowing of the spine. And so and that can end up causing people to have compressed nerves as well with any type of movement that might, especially in extension. So that's moving backwards, basically. Yep. I, 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 for those of you who are not watching this on YouTube, I'm touching my chest right now in pain because that hurts me more than anything else. Yeah. Oh, man, that hurts. Yeah, it definitely can contribute to a lot of um, painful movement. You know, a lot of people do suffer from that. So, okay. yeah, that's why it's good that you're exercising, you know, okay. definitely uh, very beneficial for your health. Right. Um, how does one prevent injury or spinal stenosis and like other complicate health complications from your point of view? So that is a, that's a great question. Uh, one thing you have to realize, everybody is different. Each individual is different. So um, for example, uh, let's use you, um, you know, basically uh, your culture is right. definitely different and what you eat. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you sound like you, you know, you told me you exercise. So which is very right. helpful. Yeah. And, you know, for a nutrition part, you want to definitely try to stay away from you know, processed food, especially right. fast food. Um, a lot of people uh, do eat fast food. And so it can definitely contribute to some of the, you know, in the long term, 
you know, some of the um, spinal stenosis because eventually some people do, um, you know, gain weight if they're not active. You know, you got to think about all the pressure that is being added to your joints, um, yeah. to your spine and your knees and, and your hips. And so yeah. over time, that could contribute to spinal stenosis. Any type of um, injury someone might have had. Um, and also, um, you know, <laughs> definitely that's another thing to look at. And sometimes, you know, people that are suffering from you know, unwanted surgeries that they had a long time ago and they just hadn't healed from it. So there's a lot of contribution to that. For, for those of you who don't know, in the last couple of seconds, Ramona is reminiscing of all this stuff I went through health-wise. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I actually had two surgeries on my left knee from an accident. And um, I'm definitely on the over 200 pound club. So Ramona's like, oh God, this is the perfect example. This guy, like I hate <laughs> So I'm just reminiscing a little bit. Sorry. A little bit. Well, <laughs> so you understand that, you know, it definitely is beneficial for you to continue to exercise and then eating correctly. Right. Absolutely. Getting the fruits and, you know, vegetables because, you know, they have so much vitamins and minerals that a lot of people don't get in the their daily life, um, especially the seniors that I treat, um, right. definitely not getting all the nutrition that they're needing. Yeah. Um, so would, I don't know if you can comment to this question, but as we age, do you, would you suggest we eat more greens, more vegetables and all that stuff or? No? You, need to start, you need to start whenever you're young, eating okay. greens, eating, you know, fruits and vegetables and taking your protein um, because the minute you start, you know, it becomes a habit for you. It's not right. something that you are just like, you know, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. It just becomes part of your life. You're like, oh, I enjoy eating this fruit, you know, whether it be a strawberry, an apple, whatever that is. Um, right. For me, I get most of my um, fruits and vegetables. You can eat that through a smoothie because um, you can just blend everything together. Um, sometimes I'll create like some uh, bowl or fruit bowl or something like that. So that right. helps me as well. So just try to implement uh, small things. You know, if you don't like fruits and vegetables, if you don't like certain things, right. uh, find something that you enjoy eating um, and just start there. So that, you know, just implemented it in your breakfast. And that's helpful. If you like oatmeal, put some blueberries um, and there are bananas, and then you can also use peanut butter. Peanut butter has um, definitely some good proteins. You definitely want to try to stay away from processed food. Um, try to get as much pure as natural as possible. Right. I definitely recommend that. So when you say processed foods, what exactly do you mean? You mean like fast food stuff, like McDonald's? Again, nothing against McDonald's or any other company. Just like, what exactly do you mean? To me, whenever you think about processed food, you can go on the shelf, look at a peanut butter jar, and you look at the ingredients, say like um, just a generic brand, and you look at it, and you you probably can you know <laughs> get confirmed oh that basically is uh, you look at it, and it's just it's more than just peanuts in there. You know, it's it's added ingredients that is not you know, um, wholeness. Like for me, I'll look at a jar of peanut butter and I'll look at it if it has, uh, for me, I'll buy organic peanut butter. And when you look at it, all that is in there is peanut butter. There's nothing else. There's no sugar added sugar in there or anything else to, you know, 
help taste, you know, better for the um, flavor for the peanut butter. So that's uh, something it's uh, naturally it'll strip all the, the benefit from the product. So like the, you can say the nutrition parts, especially the vitamins and minerals. So you definitely want to try to look for something that's just nothing but peanut butter that's in that using peanuts that's mainly if you're going to buy almond butter using almonds so right. yeah absolutely cool. so i i know you kind of touched on this a little bit but there's a huge debate at least here in the u.s it's like oh i only eat organic or i only eat non-organic stuff what's your take on that uh the, like the debate about you know i can definitely for myself testify uh, because i've eating food that wasn't organic and my experience with that it made me sick uh so it made my stomach hurt cramp i felt bloated versus if i ate something that was organic and it's you know you know most people get on the kick about the certified yes you definitely want your product to be certified but if you go and you buy from a farm or you go to the farmer's market and you talk to the farmers and ask them how they grow their stuff, you know, because sometimes they are not able to get that certification because it can be a little bit, you know, out of their expense for them to be able to do that. Right. So, you know, you talked about to them how they grow their stuff and, you know, find out if they use chemicals, you know, how they grow it and, you know, how the animals are treated. So you definitely want to know that as well. So okay. um, I, I'm definitely a believer about organic products. Uh, I definitely right. believe in that. Yeah. Um, I know I know. there's a big debate about organic versus not organic and all the health benefits for e- each one and all that stuff. So I kind of want to get your opinion on that. Um, yeah. What do you think? I mean, from a cost standpoint, so I'm going to so – for those of you who don't know, I'm I'm getting my MBA right now, so I have to talk about the business side of it. But the business side is it does cost a bit more to go organic than to not go organic. So that's definitely a factor into a, someone's budget, monetary uh, eating budget. I know if you're from more of an affluent neighborhood, like for example, Palo Alto or um, Beverly Hills or I guess even like some like Pigsville, New York, or something like that, where it's a little bit more. You get a little bit. You have a little bit more money in the economy, a little bit more money that you take home. Then you can afford to go into get organic strawberries or organic whatever. But if you're like in a very, I don't want to say a low income neighborhood or of an area that's making less money, then that may not be an option to get organic because you may not be able to afford it. But to answer, kind of come back to your question, I don't see a difference. I've had organic for a year plus. I've had non-organic for a year plus. So I've kind of like been on both sides of the fences. And for me, at least I didn't see a health benefit. I could be wrong, potentially. I don't want to say I'm 100% right, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, that's good. I I love your insight about it. Um, You know, I definitely understand um, it could be very costly. Yeah. Um, to definitely buy organic. Uh, that's why I talk about uh, the farmer's market and uh, going to farms. And also, um, you know, there's community gardens people can go to and get, um, you know, fruits and vegetables there. Uh, they're very open about that. You just have to find it. There's a system where to do mail-in 
right. uh, as well. You can buy it at a very inexpensive cost. Mm -hmm. um, I know Misfit is one. They have organic produce and it's definitely, I've tried it and I loved it. Mm -hmm. So the product is good. Um, I definitely still am a believer that organic food, it definitely makes a difference, right. uh, you know, from buying processed food because of what my experience and what I know um, from all the research I've read and then also just implemented it in my life. Cool. So here's my next question. If I don't want, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without being a total a-hole, but um, if you're, let's just say you come from a very low-income neighborhood, um, doesn't matter where, and you're not making that much money, how would you set yourself up for success nutritional-wise? Uh, yes, that uh, would basically, um, if you're on a fixed income, so fixed, saying that if you're a single person, right? Right. And so what would your budget be? Um, let's just say a couple hundred bucks for, for now. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I shop at um, a well-known store and, right. you know, I don't, I spend about that much and it's made some mainly it's organic. I look for sales and also, you know, throughout finding that I'll go to, right. like I said, farmer's market. And right. then you can also look at, like I said, the labels mm -hmm. and see what they, it takes some time in being in the grocery store, but you read what they are using, okay? Because there are right. some good products that are not labeled organic that doesn't use preservative, that doesn't use sugar, that are gluten-free. Right. You just look at and see what they use um, in the back of the ingredients and see if you like, like what you're reading. Right. Um, as a, you know, a term and the saying some people say if the list is too long don't buy it yeah <laughs> that is true it. yeah absolutely yeah. So, so yeah so here's my next question is like let's just say you're in a situation where you have to either pick paying rent or getting organic food um kind of like that situation i don't i don't try to like try to be pc about this but i asked that question but how would you structure something in something like that if I had to choose between paying rent and buying organic food. Yeah. Like, that's, um, that's like not even a good comparison because you go from, yeah, because the, um, <laughs> you're looking I'm at, just trying to, I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure out how to say that question. Food, that you know, really food to eat. <laughs> yeah. You, you, definitely, you definitely want to pay your rent. That's yeah. something you want to pay first. You don't want something that you don't want to have a place to cook your food. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so um, you definitely want to do that. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out a, a good way to say that, and I couldn't come up with one, so I said what I said. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I understand what you're trying to say, but yeah, you definitely want to um, pay for your rent. Absolutely. So you can have a place to stay and you can cook the food once you buy it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I understand you live in, in California. I mean, I, yeah. I did live in California for a little bit. And I mean, I found stores that, you know, I could buy food, you know, that was, you know, in my budgets. And even some of the food that is not organic is expensive. I mean, people go yeah. to a fast food place and they're buying these value meals that are seven, eight dollars. So, you know, you can go to the store and buy, a, you know, some milk. And, you know, also you can buy some ingredients to cook a meal. 
So like ground meats and pasta and then some sauce. And then you have a meal for like extended days. You know, you can freeze the, the meals and put them in, uh, you know, those meal plates that they have. So yeah, right. absolutely. Meal prep. Cool. Thanks for answering that question that I tried to put down as best as I could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess I go back to you and PT. Um, if you had to advise somebody to who is thinking about going to become a physical therapist, uh, what would you do? Or what would advice would you give? Uh, to advise somebody, first off, if someone is presuming to become a physical therapist, a physical therapist, a doctor, a lawyer, um, a police okay. officer, a firefighter, you got to know why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. That is very important. You need to know why you're going to pursue that career. Right. And, you know, um, some mentors in the past mm -hmm. have had have told me to, um, your why has to be strong enough that you don't quit. Right. So, so I think that's very important. And then um, doing the research about the career or even a business, uh, setting goals, right. you know, plan creating tiny habits, also um, getting the mentor as you need someone to hold you accountable. So if you're pursuing to become a physical therapist, it doesn't have to be anyone um, that has been practicing for you know 20 years uh, or you know, something like that. It could be someone right out of school one year, um, it's one five years or even 10 years. So just to get their cool. perspective and what you need to be doing uh, because okay. the educational system is different from, you know, clinician that has been practicing for 10 years versus someone that's right out of school, you know, right. been practicing for a year. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm going to change up the question a little bit. Now, if someone's going to go into chronic, like a PT with the concentration of chronic pain, like you have, mm -hmm. what advice would you give? Uh, basically I, I gave that. So if you want to specialize into something, you definitely want to, we are as physical therapists has to continue um, education and, mm -hmm. And so every two years, we have to get at least um, 30 units of continuing education. Okay. Um, that's something you definitely have to do. And you can also specialize by taking courses for chronic pain, mm -hmm. um, look at different uh, program that it offered. And right. so, yeah, you can definitely work on that. So that would right. be very helpful for you. Cool. Um, my, I guess my last, second to last question is, do you, looking back on your career so far as a physical therapist you are, are are you happy that you became a physical therapist or do you kind of wish you went a different route route oh uh, yeah uh, this is what i meant to be doing um this is my passion i love helping people i as a physical therapist you know uh just seeing someone that uh, had pneumonia and i able to sit up on the side of the bed and then you know, for me to be able to facilitate that, for them to be able to sit on the side of bed, to even move their legs, you know, something that we take for granted each day, you know, somebody that has a stroke, they're not able to, to move their limbs, not able to walk, you know, right. so I'm so grateful for that, it, it, that experience, and it, I will continue to do that uh, for a very long time, uh, right. because uh, it just brings joy to, to me, and, you know, to be a motivator for that individual, uh, this goes as being a coach and um, it's to guide them and lead them away. It's something that uh, I love. Cool. That's, that's, that's incredible. I'm sorry. 
but yeah, it's a very awesome way to look at the world. It's good. It, it seems like it really humbled you in a sense to go from, oh, I can do X, Y, Z, and like, mm-hmm. oh shit, this is I can do this, but this person can't do this. So like, let me help, kind of thing. That's yep. cool. Um, I guess my my only last question is, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me if you go to Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and then YouTube at Dr. Ramona Lazard. Right. Find me there. I, my website is in progress. It's drramonalazard.com. Right. So that is coming soon. So mm-hmm. those are the places you can find me. So Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Definitely cool. love to connect with you guys. Very cool. Um, as mentioned before, all the, if you're watching this on YouTube, everything will be in the description box down below. So you can search for it. Um, other than that, that's about it. Um, thank you for being on the show. As mentioned before, you can find Ramona in the places that she mentioned, as well as in the description box. And don't forget to follow us here on Rhino on the Bad Podcast on Instagram, Facebook. You can follow me on YouTube at Firehawk Archer 1 and 2. Yes, that's my own personal YouTube channels. Um, as well as Firehawk Archer 1 on Instagram. See all of my funny weirdness on Instagram. You can also follow me on uh, Firehawk Archer 1 on Facebook as well. Other than that, have a good one. Thanks again for being on the show, Ramona. But as always, have a good one. See you in the next episode. Peace.